This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, and welcome to Mr. America, The Bearded Truth, covering political and social issues one liberty at a time, with entertaining insights of current events and important discussions on topics that affect us all, shining the torch of liberty and brightening the future by bringing libertarianism into our everyday life. And now, your host, the friendly neighborhood libertarian, Jason Lyon, Mr. America, The Bearded Truth, on Lead Waters Media. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome in. It's another beautiful Friday. I'm so excited to be here. Friday, I've got an amazing guest with me. As always, this is Tony DeRazio. You guys saw him this weekend down at National Convention. Just an upstanding, amazing man that I... I am so inspired to be more like Tony each and every time I interact with him. And so today, we've got a great conversation talking about personal privacy and security because there's not a lot of people out there to protect you, the individual. So what can you as the individual do to protect yourself? So we've got a great conversation going on today. I'm excited for it. But before we get into all of that, let's go. Did you buffer your forehead? Ouch. Already coming in with the insults, Escobo. I see you. I see you. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. But today, uh, before we dive into that amazing conversation that we have lined up, we do have to give a couple thank yous. So thank you to Spike and Matt for continuing to give me a platform to come out here to talk about my issues, my views, my opinions, and of course, to have these amazing guests on to talk about it as well. So today, I um i also need to give a big shout out and thank you to nate luke who i failed to turn the music on for you guys for the hold music but also shout out to thank you and thank you to brian scott lambrick and jenny for the intro that we use on every episode here on muddy waters media for the mr america the bearded truth show um thank you to everyone who's watching whether you're on facebook youtube twitter twitch float or odyssey for watching these streams live or if you're catching us later on the podcast on any of your favorite pop platforms. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Thank you for being a part of the community. Uh, we appreciate all of your guys' five-star reviews and helping out build out this platform for the comments you guys are already dropping, even if it's with the, sipping on that haterade like Eskimo is doing right now. Um, <laughs> but thank you guys so much. And if you guys really want to lean into it, if you guys really want to help out Muddy Waters Media, head on over to anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters slash subscribe. Become a subscriber. Get a, an amazing amount of exclusive content. Upcoming this week, we're starting no more live shows for the Muddy Waters of Freedom with Spike and Matt. Now there's going to be two shows, public facing, but the third one, if you want to get a part of that third one, you're going to have to be a subscriber to get that exclusive content. Trust me, those are the shows you're not going to want to miss. So head on over there for the low, low price of $10 a month. Just a couple lattes a month. You can skip two, I promise. You guys can help make, uh, you can help Muddy Waters grow. You can help us be able to, to turn those two lattes a month 
into helping build this platform, better equipment, better production, and of course, more advertising so that more people can join us as we continue to grow. So thank you guys so much for that. And if you guys are looking to rep the Muddied Waters Media merch, head on over to muddywatersmedia.com slash store. Head on over there. It's going to be great. I guarantee you're going to love it. We have a new sponsor today, but before we get to that one, let's talk about Kelsey Line Design. If you're a candidate, if you're a business, if you have an event coming up, if you're just looking to have something designed for yourself, trust me, Kelsey Line Designs is going to take care of you in an amazing way. If you like the way that uh, the convention this last weekend there in Sparks, Nevada, if you like the way that that looked, the overall feel, Kelsey Line had a big hand in that. If you didn't like, she wasn't a part of this at all. But she's going to help take you to the next step. She's worked with amazing candidates. She's worked with amazing campaigns. She's worked on amazing businesses, um, such as uh, Natalie Bruno, Ashley Shade, Spike Cohen. Um, She's going to be out there helping you out. So make sure you guys head over to KelseyLionDesigns.com. Use the code MUDDYWATER. She's going to hook you up with a nice discount. And I guarantee you're not going to regret that decision. As for the new sponsor, with inflation, that's one latte. You right. You right. As for the new sponsor, look at that. Look at look at those three beautiful men in Shelly, the Brazilian porcupine. Well, if you guys are looking for something to do this November 8th, that's election night, and you guys want to be in a star-studded room, head on down to Melbourne, Florida, where we're going to be holding, Brevard County, Florida is going to be holding their 2020 Golden Liberty Gala. We're going to be watching the elections. There's going to be amazing guests there beyond just the three that are up there on the stage. Bootleg Libertarian from Not A Real Libertarian will be having a podcast there. Matt Wright will be holding the Muddy Waters Media live stream all day long. We're going to have uh, elected members within Florida and uh, from around the country, people are coming in already. This is going to be an event where you're going to want to be a part of. If you've got a business, an online business, um, or you've got a podcast, or you've got something you want to share out and spread, head on down there to lpbrevard.org uh, slash gala, tack, or hyphen sponsors. They're looking for help on this. It's going to be an incredible night. You're going to get so many views just from being a part of this, or if you can make it down there yourself, lpbrevard.org slash gala. As you guys can see, I, I just got to highlight this. The two people up there on the top, right there, Spike Cohen, Jason Lyon, yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be talking to you guys all. This guy in the middle, Jordan Marlowe, he is a re-elected libertarian mayor. So it's an it's incredible event that they're holding up, and I'm so excited for that. So that again, that's November 8th. Head on over to lpbrevard.com slash gala um, to get more information on this. The first guy, yes, this this first guy here on the left, that's just some guy on Twitter as said by Tucker Carlson last night, if you guys missed that. But I don't want to steer too far away because we have an incredible guest coming on and I would be terribly sad just to be harping on this for the next 36 minutes about how amazing that night's going to be and how much you guys need to be there. But we have Tony DeRazio coming on and if you guys watched the show that I did, the episode where I talked about the state of the LP, he is the man that I endorse for a very good reason. He is a man that understands a lot, that works with anyone in order to do right. He embodies that libertarian philosophy. And so today he wanted to talk a little bit about privacy and security. So Tony, how's it going, my man? 
one of the things that I harped on was my imperfection, um, that I that I was absolutely not a perfect candidate, whereas you know others, uh, <laughs> you know, you usually hear, "Oh, I'm so perfect, um, I, I can do everything," and and the truth is, is that no one can, no yep. one person can do everything. That was I'm the a thing that I. Podcast. <laughs> that was the thing that I highlighted when we talked about your endorsement was that, you know, you are willing to stick your neck out there. You're willing to make mistakes, but you had the humility. You had the humbleness about you to say, hey, I made a mistake. Let me let me work with people to understand how I cannot have this mistake happen again. You grew a tremendous amount before this cam campaign, after this campaign. And I'm sure like just because the campaign is over that you're not going to continue growing. And this is something that I think is a reflection that a lot of us need is that we need to see that somebody who is great is still growing and still developing and still becoming a better, better version of himself from the day before. I really hope that everybody on the LNC does that too. I, I know that a lot of people were not happy with the results, including me. You know, I, 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 I wanted to win. <laughs> um, of to course. But, but at the same time, now we have an LNC that is going to take their best shot at representing as many libertarians as they possibly can. And if they do, um, I get, I applaud them. And if they don't, I'm going to, point out where, where respectfully, because that's how I am, I'm going to point out where, where I don't think that they're reflecting, um, where they're reflecting libertarian views. Absolutely. I think I did that on, I think I did that on the floor with my votes too. Absolutely. And, and I think but, before we, before we transition into the subject matter for today, I just want to point out for a lot of people that we are all individuals when we're libertarians. And so understanding that the LNC does have control over the national party, they don't have control over your state party, they don't have control over your county party, they don't have control over you specifically. And so whether you agree or disagree with how they're functioning and how they're rolling things out, we can be a... Your job as an individual is to be the best representative of libertarianism, of liberty, and making strides forward to make things better. And so... You know, I, I I see a lot of people getting discouraged right now, and, and I think that that's the wrong message. If you think that you can do it better, do better. And and that at the end of the day, you know, Tony's out here, and he's still doing better. You you see Steve Dosbach, he, he also didn't win. He's out there, and he's going to be doing better. We People have already put their heads down, and they're back to the grindstone. They're back out there working. They're, they're uh, you know, making that pathway to setting people free in our lifetimes. We don't always have to agree with other people and how they're going to govern or how they're going to run these parties. But what you can do is be the best that you can be in those times. Um, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. You, no one has control over you, but you, you can't control what anybody else's reaction is. I do encourage people to hold their leadership's feet to the fire. Um, absolutely, uh, and, and make that make that uh, because it is in everybody's best interests um, that is a libertarian that the LNC doesn't fail. I, I know there are some yes. people who have this um, notion that oh, let's give it to them for two years and, and and let them fail and then take it back. It is not in our best interest to let that happen. Our, our, in our it is our best interest to be the best evangelist of libertarianism that we can be. Um, even if every piece of a platform doesn't quite reflect how, how we're feeling right now. 
Absolutely. Um, so transitioning into the topic for today, you know, security and privacy is one of those topics that libertarians, this is one of the things that we love to harp on of like, we don't have, we have the surveillance system from, from 9-11, um, the Patriot Act, we have the National Defense Authorization Act, we have all these, these entities out there that just surveil the crap out of us. But there's also the other aspect of how the market is in, engaging in our lives. And so um, one of the things that we see and in, in one of the big platforms that recently came out was TikTok, where people like it's the Chinese having an app on your phone to be able to surveil everything that you do. And so there's a lot of there's a, a lot of concerns that people maybe don't they have more in the back of their mind rather than the forefront of what am I doing in order to protect myself? What am I doing in order to protect my data? And what is what is really the purpose of having me be a metric and, and having my data be extrapolated and, and put into to motion. And um, so this is a huge topic, of course. I, oh, it is. And, and so, you know, when you brought this up, I was like, I'm, I'm all for it. Let's, let's talk about it. So I want to, I want to hear from you where, where do we springboard into the ocean that is privacy and security? Ooh, well, um, I think, I think the, a good place to start is defining our terms. And a lot of people think that privacy and security are the same thing, and they're not. Um, think of your data as a stack of papers in a locked room. Security is the access to get into that locked room, and privacy is, the, is protecting the actual data on those papers. There's a slight difference, but, but they do go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will say that some people do get worked up over... Um, especially the fear of the unknown. We've all heard the adage, and I remember John McAfee said it pretty brilliantly. If the product is free, you are the product. Yes. So, so Facebook is selling your data. Let's just, let's just throw that out there. Facebook is selling your data. Google is selling your data. They're straight up doing that. And you agree to it. So the first thing I would do Um, Whenever you're signing up for any new online service or downloading any new app to your phone, let's read the agreement carefully. Find out what your risk profile is. And I'm not going to tell anybody who, uh, I'm not going to tell anybody um, you don't, you shouldn't do this or or, or do that. If if this agreement says that, everybody's got to make that choice for themselves. It's incredibly subjective for everyone, what you want to have out there. Absolutely. 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 And I'll, and I'll give a recent example. Um, if you, um, the um, my profile pic, um, that whole where everyone's profile pic turned into a cartoon. It's the Russia thing. It's Russia. The Russia no. The reality is, is yeah, there are some Russian investors there, but it's not Russian. Your data is still stored in the United States, and the only thing they're accessing are your pictures. And I know this because I read the license agreement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if they were doing anything more than that. They're violating the law and not just U.S. laws, but European laws as well, which which are far stricter. The um, European privacy laws are some of the strictest on the planet. So they're not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they want to sell you the upgraded version. Um, they're not going to jeopardize that by misusing your data. They're going to sell advertisements based um, pretty generic advertisements from what I saw, but but they're not going to misuse your data. They're not mining your data. And they've got to disclose all this. And now, I think, 
I think real quick, I think it's important that we talk about, you know, because you made the excellent point that when, you know, for McAfee, if, if the product is free, you are the product, like you are the one being sold on these things. So when, when it comes to the data being sold, right, we're looking at, you know, how much time people are using, who, who you are. So your age, your, your gender, right. I see these on my podcast breakdown where people are from, who's clicking, how much you're involved, how much you're engaged, you know, what ads you click on, what ads you don't click on. They want to tailor these things because when they're selling these, these, when they're selling your data, they're selling it to people who want that data because they're going to be able to use that for their marketing schemes, for their plans, because they want to sell products to people who would be interested in their products. They don't like that. They want an ROI. Everybody wants that ROI. That's a part of being in business. And and so there's a lot of things out there that you have to, when we were talking about that subjectivity, you have to make sure that what is being sold from you, you're okay with. If you're okay with your pictures being sold to Russia, you know, as it's, as, been, as it's been straw manned, then you're okay with it. If you're not okay with it, you're not okay with it. That it means that you may have to meander a little bit more in life, but the difficulty is to actually be informed on these things. And I, I fear that a lot of us are ignorant on this, which is why, you know, I'm, I'm happy you're here. But anyways, I'll, I'll let you continue. So, no, no, that's good. And, and it actually brings me to another example, um, which I which I encountered last year and actually wrote a, wrote a piece about um, that got picked for the LPNY that got picked up by the National LP. And, and it's about the uh, the vaccine passports that that uh, the Excelsior Pass was uh, the the mechanism that New York was using. They were the first in the nation to have a vaccine passport. And when I saw all the arguments, it's like, oh, I'm wearing the yellow star, or oh, they're branding me, and, and those are perfectly fine and, and valid arguments. But I looked at it a little differently. Mm-hmm. I, I once again, I read the license agreement. Uh, New York State had an agreement with IBM to store your medical data, specifically your vaccine status in an IBM data center, but they wouldn't tell you where. Mm. Mm. Nobody was pointing out that they were controlling your data and not telling you where it was supposed to be. Now, especially when we're talking about protected health information or PHI, it's really important that you have control over that. Yeah. There are protect there there are legal protections. Um, HIPAA is the one most people know, but there are others. Um, to to make ensure that you control your data and you control where your data is. And New York State was coercing people into putting their data into a place that they didn't necessarily want to or trust. Furthermore, IBM had had problems with data breaches specific to healthcare data only a couple of years prior. So I personally wasn't comfortable with it and with, with, with signing up for that service and I didn't sign up for that service. People have to make those determinations. People, it, it is good to be informed. Information is a very good thing when it comes to data privacy and security. Yes. Um, I, you mentioned the vaccine passports and there's something else that, you know, uh, a lot of people are having to transition to right now. It's almost involuntary if you're somebody who takes flights around this country and that's the real IDs. And, and yeah. if for anyone who hasn't looked at the history of these things, um, this was actually was passed back when Ron Paul was still in office and, and he had a long speech there and he broke down a lot of the stuff that's on these real IDs where, 
no, there is no limitations as to the information that they can put into your real IDs, whether it's on the face of it or in the background of when a government official scans these things. So this means that, you know, the government has given itself the alleyway, whether it's utilized it or not, to be able to extrapolate as much information from you in your life as possible. So it's interesting that, you know, with these vaccine passports, with 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 different things where government is is almost towing into the water to see like can I can I encroach this way can I grow in this way that you know they already have a blueprint out there for accessibility for your information um and that's of course we're not even talking about the market at this point just a government entity and, and I'm not I'm not one to to buy into too many conspiracy theories but here's one that I do buy into a little bit um a lot of your listeners I'm sure have passports. I used mine a couple of times this weekend, actually, because we flew through Canada to get to Reno. But those passports, modern passports are RFID enabled. They don't even have to touch your passport to get the data about you. Hmm. They don't have to, they don't, you don't have to approach an agent. All they need is an RFID scanner to identify who you are and get all the data all the data that they collected about you. Now, the, for a passport, it's a limited amount of data that they're collecting. If you have some, uh, like a, glo- a global entry or, or a Nexus card, which I do, um, there's quite a bit more data. And in fact, um, funny story, one time I accidentally went over the um, Canadian border um, a couple of years ago. And you're, you're wondering, how do you accidentally cross the Canadian border? Well, it's an imaginary line, that's how. But anyways, well, continue on. <laughs> it's, an, it's an imaginary, but a well-marked line. <laughs> so in downtown Buffalo, there's a, there's a roundabout, a rotary, uh, traffic circle, whatever you want to call it, that goes to the Peace Bridge. Um, and and I got off on the wrong exit on that night, ended up going over into Canada. It ended up being a great time. I had a great time. I spent like an hour there. I bought some beer. It was a great time. But... Um, but not before I was stopped at the border for a half hour. I handed them my passport. Um, and I also have a Nexus card, which is um, which is a specific global entry card between U.S. and Canada because I used to work in Canada. Okay. Um, so, so I needed that, and I had a work visa that had expired. I didn't have to tell Canadian Customs that I had a work visa that had expired because they already knew that because they scanned... They, before I even got to the booth, what are you doing here? Your work visa's expired. It was the first question out of their mouth. And that made me think, well, well, I guess you know everything you need to know about me. Um, and, and by the way, it, Canadian Customs was very helpful. They helped me get that, that little flag cleared and I spent about a half hour that night. I was on my way, but I have to ask because the viewers will get mad at me if I don't ask. Did they apologize and say sorry eh, at the end of this, or like how how did? <laughs> so, so yeah, a couple of them were apologetic. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's really a thing. Um, in, in most of Canada, not Alberta, not Alberta. I was, but this was Ontario. So, yeah, Alberta is um the one province where you can probably make an exception where they're more american in their mannerisms if you will yeah so not as polite um not so many aids and and stories but still some um but i mean they were they were very helpful um because canada privacy laws by the way are more strict than american ones so when i said 
you don't need to have that data anymore. They took me seriously and they removed it. Wow. But it feels like it feels like trying to get rid of something from the government's records here in America, it takes an act of Congress, an executive order from the president, them affirming that the executive order, again, is 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 valid and necessary. And then you have like a 50-50 shot, potentially. Canada's like, I believe you. Okay, here we go. Let's move on. The United States has some of the weakest privacy laws um, uh, on the globe. And um, it starts right off with uh, HIPAA. Um, you know, the, the health Health Insurance Privacy and Portability Act, or I probably have a port. I think Portability and Privacy Act, but there, there are so many loopholes there. Oh, you can use data. You can't use data without permission, except for this, 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 this. this, this. There's a long list of exceptions, mm-hmm. and it's really easy to breach too. And really, but but there's no sort of. It's kind of a self-policing thing that nobody nobody looks unless it's reported. So when you hear about, um a health insurance company losing 10,000 medical records, including social security numbers, you, somebody had to say something. There had to be a whistleblower on that. There were, there were no automatic reporting. The payment card industry is a little different. Um, when, like for instance, when Target had a data breach um, where they lost 17 million Visa cards, um, of course, they, uh, in their, of their own volition, just made sure that everybody got signed up for credit monitoring service and, and, and were very uh, sorry and apologetic. And when I say of their own volition, I mean that Visa threatened to not allow them to take Visa cards at their store anymore if they didn't do this. So um, there was a level we, of accountability and responsibility there of you be responsible and or we'll hold you accountable and not, not utilize you anymore. So, so if you if you, if you look at these contracts, when I used to work in private industry, I, I used to give privacy um, uh, demonstrations and and privacy talks, and and I would always do HIPAA and PCI, which is the Payment Card Industry uh, Data Security Standards. I I'd do them together, just to contrast them. Like here are the fines that you can incur if there's a HIPAA breach, and it's serious. Here is the real damage to your business that's going to be done if you have a if you have a payment card breach. Amazingly, private industry got it better. <laughs> yeah, they, they they do a better job self policing, and um, that's not just a U.S. standard either. They do they not only do a better job self policing, but they do a better job worldwide. They've got five of the top six um, credit card companies as part of their um, as part of their um, alliance. Now, for a lot of people, we heard HIPAA a lot during the COVID whatever you want to call it during the COVID endemic. And, and a lot of people had a gross misconception of it. That meant that all of your medical records were to be remained private. Nobody could ask for them and, and everything else. And, and, you know, from my understanding, I would love, love for you to clarify this, but HIPAA prevented your doctor from providing your employer or somebody else with your medical stuff. Now they could write you a note and you could willfully or voluntarily give them to it. Um, but when it came to the COVID issue, people were, I will say people were like me and did not get the COVID vaccine, but they may have had an employer who required them to get vaccinated. Um, and um, just a plug, a shameless plug for myself next week. If you guys check out Seymour Mac, he's going to come on. He was actually fired for not having COVID vaccine. Um, so we're going to talk about some of that a little more in depth, but it got to where 
people were attempting to use HIPAA as a defense saying, you can't ask me for my vaccination status. So, you know, I, I don't believe that it, it did. Um, it doesn't protect in that way. But I would love for you to, to kind of touch on that and clear things up, clear the air for us. No, you're correct. It doesn't protect in that way. And I had several... I had I had several friends who lost their jobs during during the pandemic. It's, it's because they gruesome. Get vaccinated, uh, and I live I live in New York, so New York City was especially gruesome about this. It was it was a bad situation. Now, almost all those friends are are back employed because everybody's rolled back, and in at least one case, oh, we're sorry, we shouldn't have fired you. Um, we'll we'll take you back, please, and that that worked out really well for them but it didn't work out well for everybody especially no. in one of the most expensive cities in, in the country but no um hipaa protects your health insurance information it's it, it, it's meant to be an anti it's meant to be a, a protection tool um originally i i i think and i could be incorrect on this part but i believe it was meant to protect people who were who were positive for HIV, um, because that, that's not something that's communicable. Um, obviously, COVID nineteen is is far different than than HIV, and it's a far more contagious virus. So, um, mm-hmm. so there there were some, even if HIPAA was in place, there were some quote unquote war powers that were that that were in use, and we can argue over whether or not the government went too far in it. I think they did, but. Um, what New York City did was far, was way way too far. Um, um, show show your papers to enter a restaurant. Show your papers to get a job. It was it was it was really sad. But there are other ways that your health health data isn't protected either. Um, a second way is demographic information. Okay. So I, I so I think we've all seen um, Johns Hopkins was 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 my personal preferred uh, data, data warehouse uh, during the pandemic to see okay where are the cases spiking this week and 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 are are we are we getting better and are we going to pull out of this um, and the reason that they could get that data is because they weren't personally identifying anybody so healthcare data is really two pieces what you got and who you are and if you can tie those two together it's protected okay with, with, that makes with sense. And if you can't tie them together, it's not protected. So, for example, if I say 42% of Hispanic people in the United States have COVID-19, and that's a completely wrong, wrong number, but I can say that because I can't tie those 42% to any specific Hispanic person. If I say three Somalian women in the city of Rochester have COVID-19, and there's only four Somalian women that live in the city of Rochester, well, I can guess who two of them are. Um, and that would be protected. That's very interesting, right? Because that's also, you know, when I look at the metadata for, for podcasting or for business or for a Facebook page, right, we can see those breakdowns and, and it's along those same lines, right? 99% of the people, or I think it's like 97%, 97% of the people, the viewership of Muddy Waters Media on Facebook are from America. So that means if I'm going to find a viewer, they're likely to be in America, but it's not tied right. to a specific person. Now, of the, I, I think inflation has hit these numbers, so we're roughly around like 200 trillion people watching us every week. So we got to figure out how that how that's fitting in there. But um, it's um, but that that separation of you can't figure out exactly who it is, 
is is why it's not a protected matter. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So so it's so and and this is very different from country to country. That is specifically the U.S. laws. Yeah. Um, in the Canadian laws, it doesn't matter if you can if you can connect them or not. You know, it's still protected. And the European um, the European guidelines, the GDPR, which is the which has become something of a global standard. Um, the, the guidelines are even greater. And if you ask for your data to be scrubbed, it has to be scrubbed. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, if, if, I, if, I, if I say to, to, a company, to a company that does business in Europe, in the European Union, mm -hmm. I don't want you to, to save my data. They not only have to scrub it, but they have to prove that they scrubbed it. It's a, gr it's a growing industry too, because it's hard to prove that you scrub things, but there are companies that'll help you do that. That's a beautiful, beautiful notion. Um, I, I think that also um, with talking about this conversation of privacy, security, and all that, um, I think it's also important to talk about some of the organizations. And so <clears throat> when we talk about when we talk about Facebook, Facebook is an app that we put on our phones. Our phones is another organization that has its own levels of security. The, the type of phone itself is another one. So I have Facebook on my iPhone ran by... I think it's t-mobile i'm gonna get fact checked my wife is gonna tell me if i'm wrong um <laughs> missing context but um you know when i all of these different entities have different levels of security and everything else and so one of the things that kind of got i believe it was apple that got got a lot of flack from facebook and from a lot of these other apps that were used on on these platforms was because they had a different level of security and they say hey do you want facebook to be able to use your microphone to use your camera to use this data to have this data to have your gps location everything else and so um there are ways that we can mitigate some of those things through some of those some of those levels i think that's an important you're, conversation as well you're right and and when i talked going back to my conversation our where i started off with this read the agreements you also want to read what your what exact permissions your phone because let's face it most people are using the internet on their phone nowadays uh you want to make sure you read and know exactly what permissions it's requesting if they're looking for your microphone we all know that google is google is listening to this entire conversation right now if i didn't have my microphone you didn't turn it off over there i do but, I think we could do a test right now, and for everybody that's listening, who does, who may not believe that so much, if we just talk about pedigree dog food for the rest of the show, how many people would get an advertisement for pedigree dog food after the fact, or some other dog food nonetheless? But anyways, I, I think having a conversation about, I think having a conversation about pedigree dog food would be fascinating. For <laughs> I think it would be absolutely fascinating. But yeah, yeah, I've had a couple of occasions where, where. I haven't had my microphone turned off, uh, and and I start talking to to my girlfriend or, or or to a friend of mine about something, and suddenly I'm getting ads for it. Like I was talking about jewelry to somebody at one point, and then why am I getting advertisements for diamond rings? Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's wild. Your girlfriend's walking up, wedding ring, engagement ring, engagement <laughs> ring, and then you're like, why is the why is the rings popping up? <laughs> yeah, she's she's still, she's she's stealing my phone and probably going wine 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 wine. Um, <laughs> you know, that's, 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 which which I which I fully support because I'll drink it with her. But yeah, um, absolutely. Um, she takes so much abuse from me. <laughs> so, so so much crap for me. She gives it to. Uh, but 
Yeah, so Facebook has access, Facebook and Google have access to your, or Apple, in, in your case, have access to your camera, have access to your storage on your phone, sometimes specific pieces of storage on your phone, whether they're pictures, whether they're documents. You need to, awareness is your greatest tool, knowing what you're giving up and what you have to give up. Um, location is a huge one. Um, especially for Facebook, who likes who, while I was in Reno, I got a lot of um, targeted ads on Facebook for things in Reno, which, you know what, that's brilliant of them. Yeah, you're <laughs> in the area, you need, you're going to need stuff, you're on vacation, clearly, so here you go, here's these ads for these things. I, I actually used one of them, we went to a restaurant that was advertised to me on Facebook. I feel like when you, I feel like when you do that, you need to show them the ad on your phone and be like, "I get a discount because ROI," and they would be happy because you're talking economics with them, and then you get like maybe five percent off your food. Doesn't hurt to ask. No, no, it it doesn't. Um, But yeah, it was, uh, it is valuable, and they're using it. They're using these devices. There are some um, cell phone manufacturers that'll take it one step further and say, "Okay, we'll give you a, a discount." Or so I say um, manufacturers, but providers like um, network providers, uh, Cricket comes to mind. They will give you a discount if you let them serve you ads. Yes. On the phone. So if you want five dollars off your phone bill this month? Let us set, let us put a banner on your phone. And and that's a more common. Um, that's even more common in other countries where uh, we haven't gotten to a point where we're doing every transaction with our cell phone, but other countries they are. You're paying your bills with your phone. Your your credit card is your phone, your everything, you're living your life on your mobile phone. So that type of thing becomes a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm, I don't think we're going to get there as an American society because so many people are skeptical of that. And people are becoming skeptical of companies like Google and Facebook. And rightly so, um, because there is a lot of data mining going on there. But I think we're. I think we, as a society, as an American society, um, and Canadian too, by the way, because a lot of them feel the same way. That we don't want to give everything up to one or two entities. We want to make sure that our data is um, decentralized and controlled by us. And yeah, frankly, I, that's a pretty good, pretty good um, strategy. I, I and to that point, this was something that I think shocked a lot of people. Um, two years ago, uh, we were watching the state house here in South Carolina discuss civil asset forfeiture, and and for layman terms, for anyone who's viewing who isn't familiar for this, this is a, a legal precedent that allows law enforcement to take your property, whether it's your home, your money, your car, your boat, whatever valuable, if they believe or if they have a suspicion that it may have been associated with a crime. Um, but when we were, there's no due process, yada, yada, yada. Um, but within this, this, this discussion, there was a Senator who stood up and was talking and he, uh, a state Senator, and he was discussing about, there's still people in our society that don't have bank accounts because of either a, because the unwillingness to trust those entities, which I think is a very American, um, cultural mindset of not trusting other, other entities with your stuff, with your belongings, um, you know, nature of the second amendment, uh, can be applicable in this um but then he also said because there's also people that don't have that means to they don't have enough where these banks will be cutting away from them so for people who don't have bank accounts they're not going to be using their phones they're not going to have their muddy waters phone case which they can find muddywatersmedia.com slash store um they're not going to have all of these things and so they are 
whether it's a, a conscious decision to be able to meander through life and have the, the trade-off of it's going to be a little more difficult on, on the front of, of doing all these things, or if the trade-off is, is I'm going to give up some of my securities and my protections in order for the accessibility of I can walk into a gas station, slam my phone up against where the card reader is. It's going to take my credit card. It's going to take all of that information. I'm going to be able to walk out, pump it, fill my car, and never no one even knows that I never don't have my wallet on me. Um, there is a huge trade-off here. And I think that the point that you're making about being informed, being intelligent and informed on this conversation by reading those boring terms and conditions before you just click accept because iTunes has another stupid update on your computer. Before you just click it, go ahead, check it out. Go ahead and just scroll through, figure out what's, what's, what's the gist of it. It's a, there's a little bit of legal jargon. So maybe you got to phone a friend. But understand where your privacy is. That's the most important one. Um, but I'll, I'll let I'll let you hop off from there. No, I, I think I think that's good. And you actually bring up another good point: is that just because, um, and this especially goes for an app on your phone, um, but but it's not exclusively for that. But there's usually changes to terms and conditions periodically. So you want to make sure that whenever you're, whenever you update an app, even or, or when you hopefully better yet get notified um, that there that there's a, a change and, and a lot of companies are notifying their customers now because they, they know people care you want to read those too and see where the changes are and make sure that you still agree and if not don't run the update uh, if you um, there are alternatives to just about everything in our society yes um, that, that will I mean you I mean we're being watched not only on YouTube, but also on Odyssey, which was an alternative to YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there are, there are even, um, you, you don't like what the Android update is, go, go get an Apple phone or, or another manufacturer because others do exist. There, there are options in our society, um, which is, which is the, um, beauty of being living in something that is close to a free market we're not quite there yet but absolutely and and i think one of the big ones that i've already seen in the comment section people talk about this was the big one that we've seen a lot of is google when you use google chrome you type in your search google stores that search that's why when you start typing out a search they are like hey here's some things that other people have asked if you really want to have fun just ask a, a start off with a few couple words and see what kind of other loony crazy things are out there you're giving up a lot of that because they're monitoring. There's data behind what you're asking. They're storing that to be able to try to help and, and curtail um, the way the data is being presented so that they can be the leader in, in how they're presenting information. The On the other flip coin or on the flip side of that coin is DuckDuckGo, who is not saving anything. Now, you're trading off in having more privacy and security by utilizing DuckDuckGo but what you're losing is, is those search results. They are, you're not getting the same results that you would on Google because their algorithm is not working in the same way because they don't have that same data in order to work off of. So they're, you know, what DuckDuckGo may be good for some, may not be good for others. It's it's just the way the stuff is being presented by the data, the information that they have um, given by the, the consumer, and that's you. And, and kind of kind of dovetailing on that, you really got to be careful when looking at those alternatives too. Not necessarily DuckDuckGo, um, because because they're independent. But for example, oh, I don't like Google and uh, them saving my information, so I'm going to go use Yahoo. 
um, Yahoo buys their search data from Google. Um, there are others that buy them from Microsoft and Bing, which by the way is just as, ins as, as invasive as, as Google is. A lot of people don't think about that, but really they're trying to mimic Google's model. And a lot of it is, you're right. Not, not all of it's insidious. Um, it's, it's really not good for business for them to be insidious and, 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 and evil with your data. Um, yes, they want to make a buck and you're going to probably get a couple of um, um, sponsored search results to, to open up, but really they're trying to shortcut your search and make, make it a little easier for you. Yeah. It's, um, it's one of those things and, and talking about the insidiousness, this is, this is another libertarian argument that we see all the time of when we deregulate like a, a bar, that means that they're just going to pour a bunch of toxins and and poison their their customers and it's like would you go to that bar no of course not like we want to know what, what what these companies are doing that's why they have to put out these terms and conditions that's why you can you have these things to you have to accept before you can utilize them so the best thing that we can do is take the 20 minutes take the 30 minutes sit down review these things skim through that try to get a good perception on what's actually happening here how you are being the product um and how is is that um is your consumption of this product going to be worth that trade-off because every one of these decisions is uh, is a huge trade-off right now i'm talking to you guys we're using um to give you the background we're using zoom um i'm using firefox i'm using obs i'm using itunes um i'm using restream i'm and we're across on all these platforms facebook youtube twitter twitch float uh odyssey and then we'll be on Anchor FM tonight as soon as the show is over. So all of these different things have all of these different ways that they're going to be looking at our data, looking at the security. When you guys comment on Facebook, you're part of, of that package deal. All of this stuff is taken up and collected. So the best thing that you could do for your own personal security is to actually understand where your subjective line is and see what how you're being used in this way. Yeah, I, I think that's that really um, sums it up really well is you need to find your comfort level and and adjust your usage to that. Um, that you are we live in a modern in a modern society, there's a lot of technology and we do have to give up a lot of privacy. So being informed about that um, is is the best way to cope. Absolutely. Now, um I see we're coming up about like five, five, ten minutes left of the show, but um, I wanted to talk about something um, on the flip side of this, um, okay. is, and that is, of course, when security and private information, when people have this information because you've accepted those terms and conditions, there are wars are being fought more on the technological side rather than with boots on the ground. There are hacker groups across the world that are trying to extrapolate this. And we talked about what happens with, I believe you call them PCIs when, when it's your credit cards and everything else. This is something that we are frequently getting inundated with throughout the year. Um, you, you sent me an article on, on President Biden signing a law recently engaging on this front um, uh, on reporting uh, yeah. critical infrastructure cyber attacks. Did you want to touch on that at all? Yeah. Um... So, so basically, uh, that law puts the onus on the victim to report when they've been breached, um, especially when they've been asked for a ransom and a ransomware attack, which is one of the most insidious types of attacks 
Um, and one of the hardest to clean up after as somebody who's had to do that. Uh, it's, it's, it's not fun. Um, and so just I, to be clear, just to be clear by victim, you mean the organization, not the individuals who were victimized by the organization having their subject. Correct. 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 So, so if target, um, I, I'm picking a target here. Uh, I know I'm going to pick on Tim Hortons because they were actually the victims of a breach last week and I love their coffee, but. Uh oh. Um, if, if they've been, if they've been, tar if they've been targeted for a ransomware attack where somebody has um, locked their data on their on their servers and has asked for a ransom, it is incumbent upon Tim Hortons to report to the to the um, to the U.S. government that they have been the target of a ransomware attack. Which, when you're in a ransomware attack, when you're in that crisis mode. Filling out the paperwork is not the first thing you're thinking of. The first thing you're thinking of is, I need to get my data back. How am I going to do that? Yes. Um, so, I I I appreciate that the current the current presidential administration is starting to take cybersecurity seriously because nobody before ever has. But it's not the right model. This is this is government once again misunderstanding how these breaches actually work. If I'm brought in for a ransomware breach, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to start looking through their backups <laughs> and making sure that they have a clean backup somewhere so we can figure out exactly how much data they've lost. Uh, because real-time backups are, are, are rare and a good ransomware attack will attack like, like on your PC, you know how you can roll back. Um, mm -hmm go back to, to, to an install point, to, to a restore point, a good ransomware attack will, will damage those too. Um, gotcha. I, when I say good, I mean, I mean competent um, ransomware attack. Will, will, so you can't count on those. You have to count on your um, off-system backups. Um, and usually it's partial. And sometimes there are ways that you can crack your algorithm and, and get back in, but they're getting harder and harder and smarter and smarter. So it will sometimes take me three or four days to do whatever wiping I need to do, or or more 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 importantly, I would isolate any affected systems, and then restore in a clean location, and compare the data. I'm not thinking, oh, I better tell the Biden administration that this happened. I'm thinking, my customers are going to be screwed if this system stays down. So, time time is money. Um, one of the um, lessons uh, one of the greatest lessons that um we could have learned about the uh, september 11th attacks um and, and i love bringing up the most cheering and uplifting subject um we know about um naturally <laughs> yeah we know about the um the company Cantor fitzgerald who are headquarters in, in the towers and lost two-thirds of their staff that day it's horrible and by the way one of them was, was a college friend of mine Mm -hmm. um but that company was do you know how long that company was out of business 72 hours wow 72 hours they went from losing two-thirds of their staff and their headquarters because they had thought this through they had an off-site backup they had a secondary site that because you know when you're in the biggest target on a planet you have to have these contingency plans in place so to businesses it is more important for you to have those contingency plans in place and make sure that you're ready for an attack before it happens 
by making sure you have that 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 cold cold backup. Yeah. And even at home, because home users are just as susceptible to a ransomware attack. Make sure you're backing up your important documents frequently and not just in another folder on your computer. Um, uh, and and make it a cold backup with that you're putting on a shelf. Yeah. Don't, don't be afraid to do that. Absolutely. This is this this is good for you know for people who are in business for any kind of business, not just on the technological side, but, you know, when it comes to your resources, right? When we talk about being a homeowner, even you want to have a little money saved away just in case something happens. You want to have your backup plans for any kind of a cat, uh, catastrophe when it comes about having a cold backup of your information, of your data, of everything that you're doing. These are things that you have to do because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Hundred percent, hundred percent correct. Um, and you know, one thing that one of my specialties um, professionally is is actually helping businesses, helping colleges and universities typically develop their contingency plans, their business continuity and their disaster recovery plans. Mm-hmm. What happens when? Oh, I, suddenly there's a pandemic. What do you do? Uh, what happens when there's a ransomware attack? What do you do? I, I run through these scenarios with um, in, in real world, um, real world scenarios w- with companies, yeah, um, colleges and universities. And we ran into one of those scenarios a couple of years ago when a whole bunch of, of my company's clients um, suddenly were caught in a situation where they couldn't allow students on campus because of one mandate or another, but they still had to finish class for the year because it happened in March and there were still a couple months left of classes. So that was a very busy time for me because I also got to help a lot of colleges and universities set up those contingency plans. But it's important to not wait for a breach to to plan for this. Just plan plan ahead and you're going to be a whole lot better off. Plan for the unplannable. Absolutely. We, you know, I, I, I've gotten weird looks before because I, you know, as a, as somebody who's concerned about the security and privacy of my home, I run my kids through fire drills. Where's the fire? Go the opposite way. Get out through a window. If you have to, we're going to get out. If somebody's an intruder in the home, if somebody is, uh, you know, whatever happens, we go through all of these, these situations and these circumstances, businesses should be doing this for, you know, if they're going to be stolen from, if they're, if they're going to get breached, if they're going to have, you know, as you were talking about, um, if they're going to be hacked and have these, these things come through and corrupt data and take it away. Um, be prepared for the things that you don't want to be prepared for. Not everyone out there has good intention. Not everyone out there has your best interest in mind. They have their own best interests, and they're going to do whatever means possible. Um, so this the security stuff, this privacy stuff, is incredibly important. Um, I would say from like a from an individual point of view, for my subjectiveness, from from my perspective, you know, you can have my age, you can have my gender, you can have where I'm living. Um, to a specific degree, not to, not, not to the house. I don't, I, I don't like that too much. Um, but you can have a lot of this information that social media wants. Um, the Russians can, the Russians can have my pictures. That's fine. I'm okay with this. Um, we have to be able to be accepting of, of some of these things, but we have to be prepared for the things that we're willing to give up or the things that we're working on. And we have to be protected on those things. 
we can't, you know, just like you were talking about with uh, the Strengthening uh, American Cybersecurity Act of 2022 from Joe Biden, they have good intentions, but they don't understand the actual cause here. They don't understand how it's implemented. And so it's coming upon you to be able to to step up and, and take responsibility in your own life and your own businesses and your families to do what's best for them. Um, so I want to I want to give you the floor, Tony, to, to wrap us up here. Um, give you a couple minutes here. Anything else you want to address on this subject or anywhere, everywhere? Oh, uh, well, um First of all, I would just say um, be prepared and be vigilant um, in in everything you do, especially digitally, um, but not just digitally, um, because there are ways that your mail can even get hacked, believe it or not. But be be vigilant um, and just know where your risk points are, and that's going to be that that is going to go just light years tor- towards protecting protect protecting you and your data. Absolutely. I appreciate that so much, Tony. Uh, thank you so much for coming on today. I know like, uh, you know, coming out off of Reno, you, you guys had some some good stops there. And uh, so I'm glad that you were able to make it home safely. I hope you had a hell of a time. I know I had a hell of a time watching you out there and, and seeing you just pour your heart and soul out for others. It's, a, it's an incredible thing. And so I want to thank you and thank you for, for putting your head down and just getting back to work and, and doing the damn thing um, like libertarians do. And, um, but I, I can't wait to get you back on here to talk more about maybe this issue, maybe a hundred other issues. Um, oh. uh, thank you so much, man. Well, thank thank you. And, um, and you keep doing what you're doing because you're, you're, you're speaking not just your bearded truth, but a lot of people's bearded and unbearded truth. He said I mean, it. I haven't, shaved it. I haven't shaved it for a few days, but. Yeah. I shaved this morning, fresh, clean shaven. So yeah. it's, it's, uh, it, it's it's like the Santa Claus movie with Tim Allen. It just it just comes back right away. So, in all honesty, this is only this is two days. Mine mine grows really fast too. Oh wow, yeah. So, but thank you so much, Tony. I'm gonna I'll see you here in a couple seconds in the after I wrap things up. Um, thank you so much for taking the time today. All right. Thank you so much, Tony, for coming on today. Uh, it was incredible. This next week, we have the new show for Money Waters Media, so stay tuned for that. Two shows with Matt and Spike coming to you live for the general public. But if you want to get that third and sacred episode, you're going to have to be an exclusive uh, Mudsketeer by heading over to anchor.fm slash muddywaters slash subscribe. Get on over there. Sign up today. Make sure you guys don't miss that content. You'll also be seeing me and Matt Wright this Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, where we're bringing back Muddy Murica. You can see it live, but the but if you want to see it after the fact, sorry, you're going to have to be a part of the exclusive group. We're going to be talking, doing a deep dive as we've done for many of the previous conversations. We're going to be talking a little bit about Uvalde, Texas, about where we are to today, um, about how, you know, what you can do in your communities, how you can petition to change the course for the future in order to help protect our schools from people who just want to do harm, such as, um, what we were talking about today on making your privacy a priority to understand the the risks and everything else to make sure that we are doing the best that we can to protect our own. Um, but so I'll see you guys back here Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern with Matt Wright as we covered Muddy Murica. Um, and then, of course, next week, as I've already plugged today, we're going to have Seymour Mac on this Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, we're going to be talking a little bit about his adventures of actually being fired from a company 
for deciding to not take a test experiment called the vac- uh, the COVID vaccine. So stay tuned, guys. I appreciate each and every one of you guys for hanging out with me today and for checking the show out. I love you all. Appreciate you all. Thank you for the shares, for the likes, the retweets, the uh, the comments, the reactions to the comments, the comments to the comments, the reactions to the comments to the comments, and everything else that you guys have been doing for us. We love you all. We appreciate you. Stay good. Stay well. Stay well. And I'll see you guys soon.